0: Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa رسول ala rasulillah, عليكم alaikum الله وبركاته. With Imam al-Hajjawi fi al-Zad al-Mustaqna'a, fi al-Muqna'a We are now at Babu Zakat al-Habubi wa The chapter of Zakat pertaining to grains and fruits Pertaining to produce from the earth and fruits Some ulama, they gave a different title to the one which Hijawi gave <coughs> They called it Zakat Kharij Min Al-Ard, Zakatul Kharij Min Al-Ard. Zakat of that which emanates or which comes out from the ground. Does anybody know why some of the ulama gave it this title rather than the title that Imam al hajari gave? One of the reasons is because Allah in Surah Al-Baqarah, He says, O you who believe, Spend of that which you have earned From the good things that you have gathered and earned And from that which we have brought forth for you From the earth So that which is brought forth from the earth They took it from this Zakat al-kharij min al-awd Zakat of that which is taken from the earth In any case, our imam, our author He said, Bab, Zakat al-Habub, wa thimar And the first statement he makes in this place He says, Tajibu fil-Habub kulliha it's obligatory in all of the grains that are taken from the earth that are grown in the earth, even if they are not caught, even if they are not staple foods that are eaten for nourishment. So Shaykh al maqsoob he says, So the author he explains that it's obligatory in all types of grains, like shahir, barley. And like hanta, okay, and like wheat And also lentils, lentils, and all other types of grains Even if it's not eaten as nourishment uh, in general, in a land Okay, for example, he says Like the black seeds, or al-fajl, or radish, and things like that Finnahad, he for these things are not generally eaten as nourishment, they're not taken as meals. Like to zakah, but they are given zakah on them. Because verily they are grains and seeds. and hubub. So the condition is that zakah is obligatory on that which are grains and seeds planted in the earth. Even if they are not um, staple foods. So we have a hadith collected by Imam Bukhari where he reports from Ibn Umar رضي الله عنه, that the Prophet said والعيون, That which is watered by the heavens meaning the rain and the streams الْعُيُونَ أَوْ is those plants or those vegetation which grow around swamps and their like الْعُشَرُ So that which is watered by the plants or the streams and rivers, etc., and urshan one-tenth is due in them of zakah. and that which is watered from the vegetation uh, by human intervention then al then half of that half of the one-tenth is due okay so where is the wajhul dalala in this hadith that uh, in all of the hubub in all of the grains zakah is obligatory in all of the grains, where the author said, "Tajibu fil hubub kulliha," In all of the grains, uh, zakah is obligatory. Where is the evidence from the hadith that I just mentioned to you? Sent. Exactly. So this is عَام. وحال لكول حب لكول حب. This is um, general for everything which is grown on the earth. Okay, This is a general statement of the Prophet ﷺ for everything which is grown on the earth. Very good. The author he then says, and also in every fruit which is uh, measured, okay, and which is stored. So two conditions here: every fruit which is measured and stored, okay. Um, measured, it means like in the time of the Prophet وسلم, there were different measurements of volume, like a for example, okay. And with regards to yudakhar, stored uh, the shed he explains He says He said The meaning of storage here Means that the People in general In the times of the Prophet ﷺ, They would store This type of food Okay An example of that Is tamar Dates For verily dates They are measured in volume And they are stored Even if they are eaten ripe. Inna al murad the point is that these types of fruits, they are stored and they are measured in volume. And likewise, it's like, as an example, is grapes. As for those fruits, which are not measured, okay, uh, in the quantity of measurement, as it was in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu and Medina, nor are they stored by the people, then these fruits, there is no zakat upon them. So an example is, um, the example that the sheikh he gave here is that of apples. So there's no zakat in apples because it's not measured in volume, nor is it stored, okay? So the two conditions, al kail uh, measurement of volume, wal iddihar and storing must be there. And the storing is that which was stored by common folk, not people who use huge refrigerators or any of that type, to store stuff. It means like how the common farmers and the common people would store their food, okay? And as we said, a cave is a measurement of volume that was used in the time of the people of Medina, uh, like a sa'a, like a mud, and like a wasq. Okay, these kind of measurements, which are measurements of volume. Uh, so there would be like a container, and that container is filled to a certain level, and they will say that this is a sa'a, or this is a mud, and this is a wasq. The author, he says, Katamarin was Zabib Likewise, uh, as an example the author He gave like dates and Zabib and raisins So dates and raisins are measured Okay, in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu And uh, in Medina And they were also stored So this kind of things, Zakat is upon them So if it's like apples which are not measured Sold in measurement Okay, rather they are sold in weight And they're not uh, stored um, Then these things uh, would not and bananas also, for example, will not have zakat upon them The point to mention, as I've just touched upon, is that uh, It's not what is weighed today, it's what was weighed in the time of the Prophet And it's not what is measured today in measurements of Sa'a, etc It's what was done in the time of Medina, in the time of the Prophet uh, Is what we refer to for what zakat is upon or not The author, he said, And with regards to the grains and the fruits, which are measured and which are stored, okay, uh, you have to, before giving zakah upon them, you have to, of course, consider that they should be a nisab. Okay, the nisab, as we know, is the amount that it has to reach before uh, zakah becomes obligatory upon that wealth. And in this situation, talking about the grains and the fruits. So the author, he tells us what is the nisab He says He says that its amount, the nisab of the grains and the fruits are 1,600 ratlin iraqi So this measurement, iraqi ratl, 1,600 of them, okay, is what is the measurement But what does that mean for us in today's time? So, the ulama said that this measurement is around 300 sa'a nabawi. It's 300 sa'a of the Prophet وسلم, in the time of the Prophet, وسلم, which equates to around 675 kilograms. So, if somebody owns, okay, hubub, uh, grains and its like of 675 grams, kilograms or more, or fruit which is stored and measured of 675 kilograms or more, thereupon they would have to give zakah. On those items The author he said The author is now telling us that At times the harvest In a year is twice Okay, And the first harvest may not have reached the nisab So the second harvest When it's combined with the first harvest Then altogether it will be the nisab and above So this is what is done that the 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 the, what is grown on the earth and the fruits, as we said, those which are stored and those which are measured, they are to be the two harvests are to be brought together if need be, so that they can be above the nissar. So, as an example, in the first harvest, it may be that 400 kilograms of a particular fruit was gathered, and in the second harvest of the year, then another 400 kilograms was gathered. Okay, and so to be above. 675 kilograms, both of them would be joined Both of the two harvests of the one year would be joined And then zakah would be paid upon them The author says However, if the species of the uh, the hab and the thimar uh, and the fruits are different Then in this situation, the harvest, they cannot be joined For example, if you have a harvest of dates which is below the nisab, and then you have a harvest of figs, which is below the nisab. You cannot join the two to create an nisab and to give zakat upon them. Why? Because they are of different jinns, they are of different species. However, if it's one jinns that has different types, for example, you have dates. We know that dates, they come in a variety of different types. You have the sukri dates, you have the khalas dates, and so many other, right? So the one species that has different types underneath them, like dates, they cannot be joined to create the nisab if needed be As, men- as mentioned by Shaykh Alam al-Bahjat in his explanation The author, he said and أَنْ يَكُونُ consideration مَمْلُوكًا لَهُ <زكاة> And it's a consideration that, zakah, sorry, it's in consideration that the, the nisab has to be owned by the person at the time when zakat is obligatory so the nisab of the fruit and the grains has to be owned in ownership of the person at the, at the time when the zakah is obligatory So zakah upon the fruits of course is when they ripen When many of the fruits they turn yellow or red And upon the grains when they harden, right? When the wheat becomes hard and the shell of the wheat becomes hard uh, This is the time when the zakah is obligatory So what do we understand from this? If a person uh, has the nisab Okay, of grain and fruit However, he sells his land Before they ripen And before the grains become hard So in this situation The seller won't be the one Who's responsible to pay zakah Rather, it is the one who purchased the land Whereupon the fruits and the vegetation are The fruits and the grains are, sorry And that person will have to pay the zakah Because Because the person who sells the land before the time of the fruit ripening And before the time of the harvest Of the wheat, etc. becoming hard The grains becoming hard Then it means that he sold the land Before the jub as zakah Before the time zakah was obligatory So the nisab has to be in the person's possession At the time when the zakah becomes obligatory Which is when the fruits ripen And when the grains become hardened, etc The author, he says فَلَا تَجِبُ And there is no zakah on the amount of grain or the amount of fruits that the luqat gather. The luqat are those people who go through the farm after the harvest has taken place. And they pick up from the ground whatever is left off, whatever is left over from the harvest. So these people, they're picking up the fruits and whatever is left from the grains. They may reach the level of nisab, but upon them there is no zakah. Why is there no zakah upon them? Um, I thought, alaykum, because um, they don't have ownership. And It's half the answer. They didn't have ownership at the time of when the fruit was ripened, or when the uh, when the when the had became hardened, when the wheat etc. became hardened. So rather, they picked up the fruit and the uh, the seeds etc. The wheat etc. After the harvest had taken place. So they didn't have ownership at the time when the cow was uh, wajib which was at the time of the ripening and at the time of the uh, the wheat, etc., becoming hard. The author, he says, <inaudible> If a person uh, takes these fruits and these grains by doing hasad, okay, then there's no zakah upon him. So the ulama, they explain this. They say, for example, a person, he enters into a contract with the owner of the land, and he says, that I will harvest your land However, when I harvest your land I'm going to take a quarter of the produce So he enters into a contract And he harvests the land for the owner And he takes a quarter of the produce Here also, there's no zakat Upon what this person has gathered And the illah, the reason is that the ulama They say Like the previous illah we gave That this person, he wasn't in ownership of these, of this produce At the time of wujub zakah At the time when uh, zakah was wajib Rather, he became an owner After that, which was after They had become ripe Okay, so he he Was an owner of that produce Thereafter, after the harvest Basically, or at the time of harvest The Uthi says fi <laughs> ma and also there is no zakat on a person that gathers grains or fruits from land which is mubah. Land which is mubah, it means that land which is not owned by any particular individual, company or any organization or any of that nature, open pastures. So open pastures like forest example. So uh, Sheikh, uh, Ahmed, uh, Sheikh Ahmed, Sheikh Ahmed Bahjat, he says for example, So a fiha timar fiha zakah. So person goes to a forest, and he finds in their fruits and grains, growing, plentiful, uh, upon which zakat is due So he gathers these and there's no zakat upon him, even though they are ripe and hardened Why? Because this is open land, land which is not owned by anybody Okay, it was grown without anybody's intervention It was just grown there by Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala's blessings So this person gathered that stuff and there's no zakat upon him unless he Sells it as a tijara. If he sells that stuff as trade products, then of course he would pray, he would pay the zakah of trade products, but not the zakah of that which comes from the earth. The author he gives examples of that which is growing in these lands which are mubah and he says, Kal botum, botum is uh, something which is a pistachio plant and uh, for cashews. And he says And za'bel is Sha'ir al-Jabal Wheat which is grown in the mountains And he said I have no idea what it is And in fact even Sheikh Ahmed Bahjad He told his students when he was explaining You guys go away and do your research On what this means <laughs> The author he said Even if these type of plants They grew in his earth in the land which he owned Okay Even if they grew in the land which he owned There's no zakah upon them Because there was no human intervention The owner of the land He didn't plant those things Rather they came about through, through Allah's blessings Through Allah's permission There was no human intervention So they grew naturally Therefore there's no zakah upon them The author he said Well no He used the word low And if you remember in the previous classes I mentioned what is the meaning of the word low When many a time the fuqaha Use it what is the meaning of the word low? When many a time they use this word. So we said low, that the ulama, when they use it, it means that it shows that there is a difference of opinion. So he said when, when using low, it shows that there's a difference of opinion in the masala, a difference of opinion which is weighty, and that's why they use the word low to show that they are differing with that opinion which is a weighty opinion. The author he says Fast one, section. The, the author he says, after the mentioning section, he says that what's obligatory is the ʿushr. One مَا سُقِّيَ A tenth is obligatory in that which is watered without human intervention, by the watering of the rain, by the watering of the streams, etc. And as uh, Sheikh uh, Mansour mentioned, he said, even if it meant that the person digs, Irrigation uh, from the, from the uh, plantation up until the stream So that that water can be fed to the uh, plantation Even then, it's an ʿʿʿr, okay, it's one tenth We'll come to know that when this human intervention, the zakar rate differs Here we're talking about that which is watered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Through the rains and through the streams, okay that which is watered without any human intervention okay, Like the rain and the streams So why is it the case that as Sheikh Mansur mentioned That when you dig the pathways to the stream So there is human intervention here But still it's considered to be under this category Of no human intervention Sheikh Sami ibn Abd Rahman, in his explanation He's the one who posed this question and this mas'ala He said that it's because this um, this plowing, this this digging of the irrigation the stream is like plowing the land, which is a must. It's it's part and parcel of growing uh, crops, et cetera. It's something which has to take place. And also it's not something which takes place more than once likely uh, in a year. So it's something which is not given consideration to. So even if you irrigate the land, okay, by digging uh, uh, away to the uh, stream, then this is still not considered mu'natin, uh, this is not considered human intervention. Dorothy says, and if it be that this human intervention, for example, the person he buys uh, camels to operate water wheels or he buys water sprays and he brings water to the uh, plantation, then in this situation he has to pay a 20th, not one tenth, but rather he has to pay a 20th of the produce. So it's less than what it is if it's naturally watered. If he has to, if the owner of the land makes effort, then from the wisdom of the Sharia and the justice of the Sharia, that the zakah rate is less. less. In this case, it's Nusf al which is a 20th of the produce. Because based on the hadith that we took previously of Ibn Umar anhu, where the Prophet said, as collected by Imam Bukhari, فيما سقط والعيون, in that which is watered by the rain and the uyun, the streams, etc or that which grows around the uh, swamps, etc. Al-Ushb, then one-tenth is given. And that which is um, watered by human intervention, okay, is given al half of one-tenth, which is a 20th. The author, he says, wa And if it's the case that at times, okay, uh, it's The produce is watered by human intervention Like in, for example in the summer uh, When there's hardly any rain And then there's times like in the winter When it's watered by uh, Without any effort from the human Then in this situation Three quarters of a tenth is going to be given So فَلَاتَتُ أَرْبَائِهِ Meaning that when both situations take place at different times That it's naturally watered Or it's watered by human intervention at different times of the year Then in this situation Three quarters of a tenth is to be paid in zakat. The author he says And if it be the case That it's not clear Okay it's, There's not a clear distinction of uh, How much amount of time was watered By the rains for example And how much uh, amount of time Was watered by the intervention of the sprays Then in this situation You would look to which system of watering The natural system or the system of using the sprays etc Was more beneficial for the plantation Okay So if you find out that the water which was given By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the rains Was more beneficial Then you would give a tenth If you find that it was the manual water Which was given to be more beneficial Then you'd give a twentieth Okay, of the of the produce in zakah So this is in a situation where there's not a clear distinction of um, of, of of what water was given uh, most of the time of the year. Okay, so then you would look to which one was more beneficial in in, in its operation. he says, and if it be the situation that you cannot determine which one was more beneficial. Then you would give al ushr You would go back to the asl, and you would give an ushr. Why would you go back to the asl in this situation? If you were, if there was no knowledge of which one was more beneficial, which watering system was more beneficial, the author says. The author says you pay an ushr, which means that you go back to the asl. You go back to the original situation to pay a tenth. Why would you pay a tenth? Just mention it because the tenth is the asl. The tenth is the uh, original ruling, right? So you have to pay a tenth on crops which are watered by the heavens. And the only reason you pay half a tenth, one twentieth, is when there's human intervention. So if it be the case that we don't know, uh, you know, we can't determine the human intervention from the natural uh, watering, then in this situation we go back to the asub because this is known as abra al This is known as better in discharging responsibility because it's the asul and it's ahwat. It's it's safer. The mm-hmm. Shaykh upon him the author he says, "If the as we mentioned in passing that if the uh, the grains they become hard and the fruits okay, salah thamar that the fruits they become ripened, then at this point you have to give the zakah. Then the zakah becomes obligatory upon the person." Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah al And give its right, meaning give the zakah of the harvest Of the plantation, the day when you give its harvest So we find here in this sentence of the author and the ayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well That there is no haul. There is no haul when it comes to give zakah on produce You don't have to wait a year obviously The time when the zakah becomes obligatory And uh, is, is given consideration is the time when the fruits they become ripened, ready to harvest, and the grains they become hardened, ready to harvest? So the author, the uh, Sheikh Mansour, he says, وَيَنْبَنِي, وَيَنْبَنِي and built upon this mas'ala, which the author just mentioned, is a few things. زرور, الصلاة, so if a person sells his plantation, okay, of uh, date palm trees, for example, after they become ripe, so zakah is obligatory upon him. And of course, if he sells before they become ripe, the land with the plantation on it, then there's no zakah upon him. As long as he didn't intend to escape in lam al-firah As long as he didn't intend to escape, pain the zakah by selling that land. And also he gives another thing which is built upon this mas'alah He says, <laughs> So if a person, the owner, dies, then if it's before the fruits had become ripe and before the uh, the grains had become hardened, then there's no zakah upon him. But if it was after they have become ripe and hardened, the person passed away, then the waratha, the inheritors, they would take a portion of the money and use that to give in zakat for what was due. The author, he says, وَلا الوجوب إِلَّا بِجَعْلِهَا فِي الْبَيْدَرِ And the wajub of the zakah, of these grains and fruits, they are not fully obligatory upon the person. لا يستقر, not becoming fully, completely obligatory in his responsibility, in his dhimma, until they are put on the baydr. A baydr is a place that the um, people of produce know. It's a place where they put their fruits and they put their grains to dry out. And to take off the leaves, example, for example, from certain uh, grains and certain fruits. So it's a place where they leave it out to become dry, and they leave it out to be for the fruit to to dry out from moisture, etc. So this is the once the zakat is put upon this place, then the uh, then the produce the zakat on it becomes fully obligatory. So based upon this, what the author has mentioned, that if the grains and the fruit were put on uh, were destroyed before they were put on the baydar, even though they became ripe and they were hardened, if they were destroyed before they were put on the baydar, then there is no zakah upon the person. There is no zakah upon the owner. And the author will give a, a bit more information on this. And uh, Sheikh Mansur, he said, the illa, the illa, the reason for this, qabla fi it's like uh, it's given the hukam of the person not fully being able to grasp uh, the material upon which zakah is obligatory upon in this situation. So, um, just to repeat that point, because I don't think it was clear, uh, the zakah is not fully obligatory upon the grains and the uh, fruit which is ripened until they are laid out on the bather. So when they are laid out on the place uh, Used for drying out the wheat And drying out the fruits, etc Then the zakah becomes Fully obligatory upon the owner So if they happen to be destroyed By natural causes Before that Then there's no zakah, there's no blame There's no zakah upon the owner The author, he says فَإِن بِغَيْرِ And this is what the author explains He said, if The grains and the fruits, they were destroyed before they were put on the bather, before they were put on the drying area, okay? Without any ta'addin from the owner, then there's no zakat saqatat, then there's no zakat obligatory upon him. So if the crops are really due to the owner's fault, if there's ta'addi or tafrit, I'll mention what these two mean. If there's ta'addi or tafreed from the owner, okay, then he still has to pay the zakat. But if it's not due to his fault, it was a natural cause, and then there's no zakat sought from him. So, an example of tafrit, the word tafrit. So, this tafrit, the word mufarrat, means carelessness. Okay? So, if this person he had the produce and the dates on the date palm tree were now ripe and ready to be harvested, but he left it and he was careless in the regards of harvesting. Okay, so at this point, um, floods came and they s- destroyed the produce. So in this situation, the person he has to pay the zakah Because why? Because he was mufarrat, he was careless. And also an example of ta'addi, an example of ta'addi. For example, the person in again with the date palm trees, he for whatever reason. ...made a fire under the date palm trees and the trees they caught fire. This is an example of ta'addi. So in this situation, even though in both situations which I mentioned, they were not put on the bather to dry out... ...and they were spoiled, but they were spoiled due to negligence or due to ta'addi, due to wrongful behavior from the owner. If they were spoiled before they were put on the bather, the drying out area, due to natural causes, then there's no zakah upon the owner. The author he says And The musta'jir, the one who rents the earth The earth, the, the, the farm for example He is the one that has to pay an usher If there's a situation where there's a rental contract Between a person and the one who owns the farm Where the produce is, is being grown Then the one who is renting the farm In order to grow that produce He is the one obviously That has to pay the zakah And not the one who uh, owns the land The the Sheikh Mansour, he explains, he says Because the zakah is a haq, is a right pertaining to the uh, produce Not a right pertaining to the land So it's the one who owns the produce, not the one that owns the land And an example to make this even more clear He says For example, if a person uh, rents a shop so the one that is going to give the zakah is the one that is uh, making money from selling the produce, from selling the goods, and the one that owns the goods. So this is another example of explaining what the author meant. The author, he said, and if it's taken from the person's land, if a person has on his land, مواتن, or it's taken from the mountain tops uh, that nobody owns, for example, al honey, if honey is taken from the person's land, or it's taken from open lands like on mountain tops. إراقيين, an amount of 160 ratlan Iraqi, 160 Ru Iraqi which amounts to around 62 kilos of honey, then this person, then this person will have to pay a tenth of this honey. So a person likes to uh, develop honey as a hobby, or he likes to collect honey from the mountains for himself and his family and his friends. Once it reaches above 62 kilograms, okay, then a tenth of that honey has to be given in zakat. So we have the hadith collected by Imam Ibn Majah and authenticated by sheik al Al-Albani, rahim wa rahimah ta'ala but Abdullah ibn Amr radiyaAllahu anhu He said about the Prophet sallallahu al-ushr That the Prophet sallallahu took from honey, one tenth from honey Therefore, if a person has in his possession honey which amounts to more than 62 kilograms then the person has to pay a tenth in zakah based upon this opinion the author he says, After having spoken about the fruits and the um, hab the and that which is grown from seeds, grains, etc., then the author now mentions another type of produce, another type of uh, things which come from the earth uh, upon which zakah is obligatory. And this differs from the previous times. It is a rikaz, and that is my indefinite jahiliya. Rikaz basically is treasure which is found and it was belonging to the pre-Islamic times. Okay, treasure which is found and it belonged to the kufar of pre-Islam. This is a rikaz So um they mentioned the ulam, they mentioned And this is not restricted only to gold and silver. يَدْخُلْ فِيهِ الْحَدِيدُ وَالْأَلْمَاسِ But rather also any type of valuable metals like iron and almas, diamonds And other than that which has a value So any type of value um, material which is found in the ground Like uh, gold, silver, diamonds, iron, etc Then this has to have zakah upon it And it's given the zakah of ar-rikaz فَفِيهِ الْخُمْسِ and what you would give, you will give al You will give a fifth of whatever amount you find. So whatever amount of diamonds you find in the ground, whether it's a tiny amount, whether it's a huge amount, a fifth of it is going to be given. Sheikh mansur he mentions that there's four points that need to be considered here. He says, He said, there's four matters which need to be remembered and considered in the zakah here. He said, the first of them, that is no nisab. As we just mentioned, that whether it's a large amount or a small amount, zakat is given in it. Okay. And also, whatever is found in the ground from this treasure of Jahiliya, pre Islamic treasures, it doesn't have to be given to the authority. Rather, the person can take responsibility upon himself to pay the, the fifth, okay, which is uh, due. It doesn't have to be given to the uh, the, uh, the government For them to do this Rather the person himself uh, Can pay the fifth from what what was found The second and point That what is going to be paid is a khumus, Is a fifth As opposed to the rest of the types of zakat Because in the hadith The Prophet ﷺ said In the pre-Islamic treasures which are found There is a khumus There is a fifth وَمَا بَقْيَ فَإِنَّهُ And that which is left, the four, four of the fifths, which is left after paying the fifth, then the person who found this, he is the one that will keep that. The third matter, and the, the, the rikaz, there's no ishtirat, there's no condition of a hawl. There's no condition that a year has to pass upon it before it becomes obligatory. <inaudible> Rather, whenever it's found, then zakah from it is paid. And fourth, that the khumus is upon the one who found it, whether he is a Muslim, whether he is a non Muslim, like a dhimmi, whether he is a free man or a, or a slave. Okay? Whoever finds it, old, young, whatever the person's situation is, Muslim mm-hmm. or non Muslim, this person still has to pay a fifth of, of the rikaz. Um, okay? Who is it paid to? The Rikaz It's not paid to the eight categories that Zakat is paid to The eight categories, categories which are found in Surah al Which we'll explain in, in another session It's not paid to these, okay, to the muskeen or the fuqara Or the, or the wayfarer, uh, people like this, it's not paid to them Rather it's paid to the uh, maslaha al amma. It's paid to the general benefit for the Muslim uh, community The Muslim ummah, like building roads, like building masajid, et etc the author, he moves on to another uh, chapter and he says He says is referring to gold and silver. So, zakah pertaining to gold and silver. So if, rahab, if gold reaches the amount of 20 so if gold reaches the amount of 20 mithqal, 20 mithqal is 20 Islamic dinars, okay? And 20 Islamic dinars. Okay, if you have 20 Islamic dinars in your possession uh, or more, then you have to pay zakat on that Why? Because in the hadith of Ali radiallahu anhu, which is hadith marfu, collected by Imam Abi Dawood, the Prophet wasallam, said There's nothing upon you in terms of zakat and gold حَتَّى يَكُونَ لَكَ دِنَارًا Until you have 20 dinar, 20 Islamic gold coins dinaren, So if you have 20 dinar عَلَيْهَا الْحَوْلِ And then a year passes upon them فَفِيهَا dinar. Then you have to give half a dinar So the 20 dinar or the 20 mithqal in today's time is around roughly close to 85 gram the is around 85 grams of gold So once a person has 85 grams of gold or more then he has to pay zakat on that gold Okay he has to pay zakah, 2.5% on that gold. Also, he said, And in silver, in silver, if you have 200 dirham, 200 silver coins, then you would pay a quarter of a tenth, which is 2.5% uh, from it. So 200 silver coins works out in today's terms to be very close to 595 grams. A person has 595 grams, that becomes the nisab of silver 85 for the gold and 595 grams for the silver The author, he says That you would join the gold to the silver in order to complete the nisab Okay, if a person didn't have enough nisab Then you would join both of these commodities for example, Sheikh Sami ibn Abdullah, he gives an example. He says, A person has half of the nisab of silver, which is a hundred silver coins. And he has, in terms of value of gold, that which equates another hundred silver coins. So in essence, he has a hundred physical silver coins. And from the gold, he has that which equates a 100 silver coins in, in monetary value. So in essence, he has reached the Nisab, and then he would pay the zakat based upon this based upon joining these two commodities. Why is the person allowed to join the two, com- two commodities? Question to yourselves. Why is the person allowed to join between gold and silver to reach the Nisab? Why is the person allowed to join the commodities? المقصود نَقْدَيْنُ وَاحَدٍ because the maqsood, the objective of the two commodities is one يُقْصَدُ For both of them, the intent from them is that they're used for buying and selling And both of them have value, which they are used for buying and selling And the zakah, which is owed upon both silver and gold, is agreed upon, is the same Which is 2.5% وَهِيَ Okay, which is a quarter of a tenth Mas'ala, Shaykh Sami ibn Abdahman, he mentions the mas'ala. He says, He said, Is it permissible for you to pay your zakah, which is due on silver, by paying it through gold? And is it permissible for you to pay your zakah, which is due on gold, by paying it through silver? Okay, so he says, He said, That is permissible, Shaykh Sami ibn Abdullah. He said it's permissible And it is what Ibn al-Maqdisi Qudama وتعالى, In Al-Mughni Volume 4, page 218 Said it's permissible Because the objective from one of them Is achieved by Giving zakah from the other Because both of them they have the same objective Which is for buying and selling And uh, having a value طيب, The author he says he says and a situation could be Where a person needs to His stock, his tijara His trade stock, whatever that be He needs to join that With his uh, gold and silver Surah al-Mas'ala Surah al-Mas'ala uh, Comprehending this Mas'ala Is as follows Bi nisab So a person has gold or silver Equating to half of the nisab Wa tijara bi qimati nisab And he has trade goods Equating to half the nisab, which is required So in this situation, the trade goods Will be joined with the gold and silver to make the nisab وَالْأَلَّ What is the Allah? What is the reasoning? Because the zakat in trade stocks What is meant there is this value Not the trade, it's not the stock itself But the value of the stock, right? وَهِيَ تُقَوَّمُ فِي كُلِّ مِنَ الْذَهْبِ أَوْ الْفِضْوَىٰ and it is valued through gold or silver فَكَانَ الذَّهْبَ وَفِضْوَىٰ مَا أَقِيمَةِ جِنْسٍ وَاحَدٍ so the, the gold and the silver and the trade stock in terms of its value is considered as one jins, as one commodity we can say this is the explanation that the ulama they give the author he says يُبَحُّ لِلْذَكَرِ مِنَ الْفِضَّةِ الْخَاتِمِ it's permitted for al-dhakr, okay, for the male to have a silver ring. Sheikh Al Bahjat, he said, why is it that the author he mentioned here, that that is permitted for a male, and he didn't say it's permitted for a man. Why is it permitted for a male? He mentioned permitted for a male, but the author didn't say the word a rajul The reason here is that there is a difference between these two matters. Because when you say male, it, Comprises whether the male is an adult or the male is a child. And this is why in the madhab it's not permissible or it's haram to make the child wear what is a haram for the man to wear. So, whatever is haram for the man to wear is also haram for the child to wear as long as he's male. So, again, the author he said. مِنَ الْفِضَّةِ الْخَاتِنَةِ It's permissible for a male to wear a silver ring Okay? Shiraq uh, Aam al-Bahjat He says الْأَصْلُ فِي لُبْسِ الْفِضَّةِ فِي حَقِّ رِجَالٍ He said that the, uh, the asl, the foundation principle with regards to wearing silver for a man is a, is a prohibition إِلَّا أَنَّهُ سْنَثْنَ Except that there are some situations which the evidence permits uh, as exceptions, okay? And the first of them is that, which we are taking is that you can wear a silver ring. And this is in the hadith in Bukhari Muslim of Ibn Umar that the Prophet, وسلم, he took a silver ring. So the people, that he followed the Prophet in that and they all took silver rings. So silver in a ring is permitted for a male. The second thing which is permitted, us-sayf. sayf is the, the handle of the sword It's permitted, permitted to use this, uh, to have this made of silver, okay? The evidence is in the hadith of uh, Ahmed collected by Imam Ahmed and Abu Dawood where Anas الله عنه said كانت رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى الله عليه وسلم من That verily the handle or the grasping point of the sword of the Prophet وسلم, was made from silver. Well Allah and also the Allah, a reason given, رجل, that verily it is a type of adornment which is commonly accepted for men. For verily it is like a ring which is worn for men. So the handle of the sword, if it's decorated with silver or made from silver, then that is considered to be adornment which is permissible for a man to have. The author, he says, uh, And also the is like uh, a belt is worn, and this is mentioned by Sheikh Mohammed Muqtar al in his explanation, that a belt is worn, and it has around the middle a type of buckle of some sort which um, tightens the belt, and also swords they used to be put in this in this area, in this type of buckle, belt buckle okay. So this is what is known by (laughs) uh, like a belt buckle where swords are are, are put through uh, to be hung uh, for men, this is also permissible to be made from silver and likewise that which is made uh, from silver likewise (laughs) meaning other types of decoration for the sword or decoration for the armour which is used in warfare uh, it can also have silver parts on it. So these are the exceptions that the author has given. Right? Sheikh Sami ibn Abd Rahman, he mentions an opinion of Ibn Taymi rahim wa ta'ala, saying that rather, uh, rather, there's no restriction on the wearing of silver for, for the male, okay, as long as it doesn't lead towards israf. As long as it doesn't lead towards the waste of money or to a tashabbuh Tashabbuh is um, imitating like the kuffar or evil people, okay? As long as it doesn't lead to the resembling of evil people And it doesn't lead to the waste of money Then Ibn Taymiyyah said that you can wear uh, fiddah as you wish, okay? And from the evidences mentioned uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abaha That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has permitted everything for us Which is found in or on the earth Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran In Surah Al-Baqarah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created for you Everything which is found on the earth Okay And also that there is no a clear, apparent evidence to prohibit the wearing of silver Okay, so we keep it upon the asr Which is that it fits under the ayah which I just mentioned That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for you Everything in the earth to be used as you wish And also a third point he mentioned لَمْ يَرِدْ فِي الْكِتَابِ and reiterating the point that there's no evidence to be found In the Qur'an or the Sunnah Which prohibits silver Like there is evidence to be found Which prohibits gold So we keep it upon the Asr Okay, which is that it is permitted So the uh, evidence, the, the um, opinion of Ibn Taymiyyah Rahimah ta'ala, one of the mustahid imams In the madhab, Is that it's permissible in uh, most cases, in all cases As long as it doesn't lead to israf and a, to a tashabber the author, he said, And from silver, what is allowed, okay? Uh, sorry, not from silver, we finish silver. From gold, what is allowed is to save. also, is the handle of the sword, okay? So the asl fi dhahbi muharram The asl, the, the foundation principle in gold is that it's all forbidden for man, okay? That it's all forbidden for man. And if you remember the hadith. Uh, the evidences we took previously in Kitab Tahara. tahara for example, the Hadith of Ali collected by Ahmad ibn Abi Dawood With the Prophet سَلَّمَ أَخَذَ فجعله فِي يَمِينِهِ that the Prophet wasallam he took silk and he put it in his right hand, وَأَخَذَ ذَهَبًا فجعله فِي شمالي. and he took gold and he put it in his left hand. ثُمَّ قَالَ حَرَامٌ ذَكُورِ and he said that these two things are impermissible upon the men folk of my ummah, upon the male of my ummah. Okay, but as the ulama say min asl But there are exceptions to this asl The first of them being the Qabi'at to Saif. There are exceptions to this asl Like the Qabi'at to Saif, And the evidences for this are Athar. From the evidences are two Athar, Two narrations from the companions From the actions of the companions The first of them, Imam Ahmad He collects in Faba'at al-Sahaba He collects in the book the virtues of the Sahaba Uh, Volume 1, page 256 Ibn Umar رضي الله عنه قال كان سيف عمر بن خطاب الذي شهد بدم فيه سبائكم من الذهب Ibn Umar, he narrates that uh, his father Umar رضي الله عنهما the sword that he used to fight in Badr it had plates of gold on it okay, it had plates, plating of gold on it so this is an evidence that gold can be used in the sword and also Imam Ibn Abi Shaybah in his Musannaf he collects from Uthman Ibn Hakim called ra'aytu ibn I saw in the handle around that area of the sword of uh, this companion uh, sahl ibn hanif uh, a nail, something of that sort made from gold so gold used in swords is permissible another Exception to the use of gold And that wherein a necessity dictates or necessitates that you have to use gold For example, uh, having a nose made of gold and other necessities similar to that Where this is taken from is the hadith collected by Imam Ahmad and Abi Dawood The hadith of Abu Jaffa ibn Sa'd I've heard it also Ibn As'ad Allah knows which one is correct سَعَدْ يَوْمُ الْكُلَابِ That his uh, nose was cut in the battle of Kulab. So he took a nose from silver But then it became, um, it deteriorated upon him That's the word I'm looking for Corroded or something of that nature upon him So the Prophet ﷺ commanded him to take a nose in its place made from gold Okay, so this shows you that in the case of necessity, you can use gold What is the qaida al-mashhoora? What is the famous qaida that we've taken many times, used to prove that in terms of necessity, that which is haram, you can use in times of necessity? Question to yourselves, what is the famous qaida? The famous rule that we have taken many a time to prove that in times of necessity, you can use something which is in its foundation forbidden. So the qaida, as you know, as we've taken many times As That the necessities permit that which is unlawful Okay Necessity permits that which is unlawful But of course this has to be taken with another qaida Which is uh, or, That the necessity is given estimation That the necessity is given estimation in 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 how much is needed from it that you can't just openly go and take whatever you want from the haram you take only that which is needed. The author he says and it's permissible for the women to wear from gold and silver that which is a common custom for them in their norm in their society uh, to wear, even if it's a lot. Again the word low to show that there's a valid difference of opinion here. So the author says it's permissible for the women to wear whatever they want, from gold and silver, as as long as that's found to be the norm uh, for their level of living in their society. There's no zakah in their jewellery which is prepared for them to wear and to use. Or for them to lend out to their friends, cousins, etc. There's no zakat on the jewelry, why? Because we have the hadith from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Excuse me, collected by Imam Ahmad and Abi Dawood anhu The hadith is marfu' He said, لَيْسَ فِي الْحُلِّيِّ The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said there is no, ju- no zakat in the jewelry Meaning the jewelry of the women There is no zakat in the jewelry for women Except, the author he mentions exception Okay, if it is prepared for Kira, so in these three, three situations, there would be an exception that zakah would be obligatory. What is the first of them? Kira is that the, the gold is going to be used to be rented out, okay, it's going to be used to be rented out, and money is going to be made from that. In that situation. The gold, there is zakah upon it Okay Awil nafaqa, nafaqa is that you are using The person who owns the gold Is using it uh, To pay for their daily needs Okay, to pay for the rent of their house For example So the sister, the woman who owns that gold She uses portions of it Portions of jewelry To pay yearly or monthly for her rent So any nafaqa, Then there is zakat upon that amount of gold, which is going to be used. All the gold is muharram, all the gold is haram. So the woman, she owns gold, but it's haram for her. How can the gold be haram for her that she owns? What is an example of gold that can be haram for her, which she owns, whereupon zakah will be uh, upon this gold? Anyone have an example? So the ulama, they say, Fadl. Going to um, gold that is not considered jewelry. So if the gold is not considered jewelry, then it won't fit into our discussion yet, then zakat is going to be upon it. But I'm saying that this gold, it is considered jewelry. It's definitely jewelry, but the zakat is going to be paid upon it because it's haram. But how can this be what, give me a situation, a scenario? Where the gold jewellery can be haram for this sister <clears throat> So in any case the ulama they say an example of this Is that the gold is made in a statue form The statue of a living being So if it's made in the form of a statue of a living being For whatever strange reason Then zakat is going to be obligatory upon it Because it is muharram And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best So these are the points that we needed to mention today which is خَيْرِ like, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward us immensely for this small effort and to give us a correct understanding of this fiqh and to make us from those who act upon the best of what we hear. Anything which correct, was correct, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mistakes and shortcomings from myself and shaitan. If you have any questions upon the text, the matan, that we took in the explanation, then feel free. <coughs>